0: Hi, friends. Jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. SchoolofSensualLiving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Hello, beautiful beings, and welcome to Come to Your Senses. In today's episode, we are going to explore an aspect of embodiment and those who are drawn to the work of embodiment that tends to be a really common thread, which is this aptitude towards sensitivity. So, do you ever feel like you're in a near constant state of existential yearning? I know I do. Do you find that you head for the hills at the first sign of conflict? Have you ever stayed in a situation longer than you felt like you should have because you could tell something was off, but you just didn't have the physical evidence to back it up? And if so, you may be a sensitive soul and you may have learned how to relate to your sensitivity as being weak or needing to be tougher or any of these other labels and generalizations that are so common in the dominant culture paradigm that we exist in today. And what we're going to talk about today is that there is nothing wrong with you. If you experience sensitivity, and you're going to learn how to use your sensitivity as its own kind of superpower. And so with that, let's dive into our gems on sensitivity as a superpower. So where we're going to begin with our gems is a passage from a book called Eating in the Light of the Moon by Dr. Anita Johnston. And this book, woo, this book is such a extraordinary book. And particularly if you are someone who has experienced disordered eating or has seen the imbalance between masculine and feminine energies in your own body, life, and psyche reflected in your relationship to food. Run, don't walk to pick up this book, my friends. But the passage that I wanna share with you is one that really impacted me years ago. And it's about intuition and the way in which our intuitive gifts also known as our sensitivity, can be misguided and disorganized in terms of how they're perceived in our psyche. So in this passage, she's talking about a woman struggling with disordered eating. At some point early in her life, this woman could see things as they really were, and was not taken in by others' descriptions of reality she would pick up on discrepancies between what people said and what they did. She could sense when something was wrong, even when everyone around her said everything was okay. When this young girl spoke the truth or brought to light that things were not as they seemed, her truth was not well received. Instead, her statements were either ignored or or met with fear and hostility from family members or authority figures. She got the message, usually nonverbal, that her ability to perceive the truth, her particular sensitivity to that which was outside the awareness of others, was dangerous, that it could bring about ridicule and rejection, abuse, or even disintegration of the family a very dangerous consequence from a four-year-old girl's perspective. This put the young girl in a very uncomfortable position. In order to survive, she had to find a way to conceal who she really was, to diminish this ability to see the invisible, to quiet that voice inside of her that spoke the truth. She had to hide her sixth sense, her female intuition, not only from others, but also from herself, for acknowledging her differentness even secretly to herself would have resulted in extreme emotional distress, a sense of not belonging or fitting in that would have been unbearable. And so began the process of disowning the wise woman inside of her. How did she do this? She did it. By accepting others' perceptions of reality and rejecting her own. Could really read this entire book to you just in this moment. I love it so much. This is just one page is a juicy T bone of insights, but Dr. Johnston goes on to describe that the way that we manage that suppression of self for many of us is through disordered eating and an obsession with appearance and with food and, and with this conformity to someone else's standard of femininity. But I start there because in embracing sensitivity as a superpower, one of the very first places that we want to begin is with an actual embrace of our intuitive gifts. And so in embodiment work, whenever I work with a client, they often feel like they have this greatness and not greatness in terms of grandiosity, but something deep and meaningful and worthwhile that is buried deep within them. But that manifests as anxiety, depression, unexplained yearning, constant overthinking, difficulty making decisions. And from the more masculine paradigm of individuality and compartmentalization, they may have been telling themselves their whole life that they just need to be more decisive, have more motivation, et cetera, et cetera, that they're too sensitive. And actually in embodiment work, what we're working to create is actually an increase in our sensitivity. So the ability to feel the fullness of our being in our full embodied intelligence, which goes beyond just the intelligence of the mind. We're working to increase sensitivity in terms of introception Which is our ability to feel some of our inner sensations and inner knowings instead of just our awareness of the outer world. We are building sensitivity to know when something doesn't feel good. You know, for so many of my clients, the question, What do you want? can be a really challenging question because. Their attention and awareness has never been placed on what feels really good to you and what doesn't feel good to you. Again, there's been a lot of conditioning around what they should want, but not a lot of introspection and introspection on what their unique body and being wants. Sensitivity is how we learn the instrument of our body and Coaching takes us through a specific receptive process of learning how to interpret the music of that instrument and fine tune it to play the music that you actually want to be playing. And so today, what we're gonna move into now is our gems on three methods taken directly from the embodied intelligence coaching method which is my signature coaching system that you can adapt and use yourself in your day-to-day life to increase your sensitivity and have more confidence and clarity on how you work with the messages from your inner world and these deeper parts of yourself. And so the first gem we've already kind of touched on, And that is in order to experience your sensitivity as a gift and a superpower, it must be upheld as a gift and a superpower. So reframing you're so sensitive or you're too sensitive to actually be a good thing. And so a question to drop in for your own life is what are the benefits of being a sensitive person. I know for myself, the depth of my presence and my ability to bring out the depth in other people, my emotional cornucopia (laughs) that people who are in relationship with me get to experience is a gift. It is a gift. You know, multiple times, in relationships and also in group environments, I've had people share with me that actually I remember remembering a retreat that I did not that long ago where someone said to me, do you know that you have a superpower? And I said, I do know, but tell me what you think is my superpower. And she said, it's your vulnerability. Like you're not afraid to say what's real because in the group at the start of the circle, it's like I was the last person to go and everyone had shared. And when it got to me, I just opened my mouth and tears started flowing. And you know, I knew that I was there to get as much as I could from this experience. And so I wasn't going to hold back. And I wanted to share what was real and what was on my heart, which was some deep stuff. And So I know that that's a gift, not just for myself and how I navigate the world, but in how I bring out the best in other people. And so this is an invitation for you to reflect in order to embrace and experience your sensitivity as a superpower. How have you already seen evidence of that in your life, in your relationships, and in your choices? Another great place to source ways in which this superpower is a gift is times where you have not trusted it. (laughs) So I feel like the whole locus of my life story has been around knowing and having my knowing be different from what I was seeing, but trusting my knowing regardless, and then having the evidence be visible years down the road. And in that process, that took a lot of experimentation and a lot of dumpster fire of experiences where I didn't trust myself and I didn't listen within because I couldn't. And when I look back on that, it's like, oh, you know, that really difficult situation that I was in, that was just my gift, asking to be seen as a gift And so if you don't have a ton of experience with listening to your intuition and trusting your sensitivity, reflecting back on times that you wish you had may be a helpful point of reference for seeing it as a part of your inner compass, guiding and directing you onto the path that is your own. Our next gem in not just embracing but also cultivating this gift of sensitivity is to move with it and as it rather than trying to move it out of the way. So one of my core embodiment practices is turning on music. Usually it's some sort of instrumental non-lyric music and I'll light some candles and say a prayer. And I move with the sensations of my body and drop into the question, body, how would you have me move? And this is a process that I learned from my mentor, Jenna Ward in her movement practice, which is called primal feminine flow. We'll drop a link to that in the show notes but I just did it before recording this podcast this morning. And what I noticed is that I was feeling some stress and anxiety and, oh, I'm behind and you know, all these things. And I knew I didn't want to record from that place. And so I did an embodiment practice and I was so surprised that when I dropped into my body, what I felt was a lot of anger that just needed to be moved and how I knew it was there is when the music came on, I noticed, you know, when I dropped into that question, body, how would you have me move? My hips were the first thing to move and they moved pretty fast side to side. And this is different than dancing for me. When I'm dancing, I might be focusing on just Merging with the music or creating art with my movement or having fun. But this particular kind of movement is taking these sensations in my body that may be showing up as a physical discomfort or emotional tension. Like if I have this feeling like there's something sitting on my chest that I can't explain the more cognitive approach might be to journal it out or analyze it or look to the past to figure out why it's there. And the more embodied approach is just to say, okay, hello, pressure on my chest. And then moving once again, not just with that pressure, but almost like you could move as that pressure. So dropping into the heart of it and giving it some expression, some breath, some sound gives the body the opportunity to find its natural state of flow. So the body is much like a river or a weather system. And when there is this blockage of tension or emotional residue, or any of these other things that we carry and hold in our bodies. We're going to feel things like pressure or anxiety or inexplicable racing thoughts or sadness. And so this practice of using music, I mean, you don't need music, but I find music really helpful. Using music as a accompaniment and an encouragement, to allow the body to express how it's actually feeling instead of telling it what it should feel or what we want it to feel is a beautiful and wonderful way to not only, again, help to reclaim the pleasure of this sensitivity, but also to cultivate this sensitivity. I didn't even know I was angry this morning until I started moving on my mat And just that little bit of expression, the thing about this spectrum of sensation that our body is capable of, is that any pockets of tension or stagnation are really simply life force that is bundled and wanting to be expressed and released. And so what you might find, what I almost always find is that when I've got a difficult feeling, Or discomfort in my body when I start moving with it and giving it expression and letting it say what it's here to say, once again through these pillars of embodiment, like sound and movement and breath and awareness, there is a warm, honeyed pleasure waiting for me on the other side of that. This is where our magnetism originates. So if you're feeling distinctly unmagnetic, you know, one way to increase your magnetism might be to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and put on some lip gloss and do something that makes you feel pleasure. But another way might be to dive into the heart of this discomfort. Once again, give it some expression as it is and see If by creating a little bit more space, just like someone in a meeting who's got their hand raised and just needs to speak, once that person has their say, flow can return to the whole system. And so similarly, letting these different pockets and pieces of your body speak, even if they don't make sense, helps return you to a state of flow and empowered sensitivity and knowing. And our final gem has to do with the ebb and flow and the tide of our capacity for sensitivity. And so this gem is around something called titration. I remember a couple years ago, I found out some unsettling news and I had a really intense emotional response And I was with a friend of mine at the time who's also a therapist. And thank God. I mean, that was very fortunate. (laughs) And as I was leaving her house, I could feel my body shivering. And shivering is one of the ways that we discharge emotional energy. And I said, you know, one thing I'm scared about is I'm going home and I am, you know, The whatever is the highest ranking military office of feeling your feelings. Like, I am Colonel, feel my feelings, you know? And I'm scared that I'm gonna go home and just keep reliving this over and over again. And she put a hand on my shoulder and she was like, Honey, you have felt your feelings today. Go home, get a hot water bottle, order takeout, watch Downton Abbey, soothe yourself. And that was such helpful advice. And so trauma is when something happens to or that involves our body when it's too much too fast. And culturally, there is a way of being and a way of doing things where there's the expectation to have everything fixed everything done right now or five minutes ago. And so a real gift that you can give yourself when it comes to sensitivity and titrating is just taking things one step at a time. So I had some writing to do on a challenging relationship in my life and my mentor had been urging me to do this writing for weeks and I just wasn't doing it, wasn't doing it. And she said, okay, let's slow it down. You know, clearly doing this piece of writing in its entirety is too much for your system. And your system is finding a way to communicate that by you procrastinating and not having it done. And so what would feel like a more bite-sized way to interact with it? And I was like, you know, setting a timer for five minutes and whatever comes out, comes out. And so I did that yesterday. And God, am I so glad that she pointed that out because, you know, inside I was going through all of these reasons why I suck and I'm a procrastinator and, you know, this is sitting in my consciousness and blah, 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 blah. And titration is a way of working with our system in a way that feels sustainable instead of the way that we're so often modeled to work with our systems, which is treating the body and the psyche as a machine that is in need of control. And so with titration, with feeling your feelings, with doing the things that you want to do in order to show up for the life that you want to live. The ti- the five minute timer, I do this with cleaning my house. I tell myself, oh my God, it's going to take an hour to clean up the kitchen or whatever. And so I'll set a timer for 15 minutes and I'm always shocked at how much gets done in just these little tiny bite-sized pieces of time. So titration, my friends, powerful tool of body magic. And that brings us to the end of our episode today. I hope that today's episode gave you some tools, some insights, and some ideas on how to embrace this energy that we sometimes call the feminine, our intuitive, emotional, nurturing, relational side that is just simply an underused and undervalued aspect of our intelligence. May today's gems help you to embrace and experience these parts of your being as superpowers in creating the life that you want to live and in feeling more like your life or the life that you are living is your own. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me to hear from you in a review, to see that you've subscribed or followed the podcast, and I will see you in our next episode. For coaching, classes, and community in creating a lifestyle of embodiment, head to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find a free video series on how to reduce anxiety and intercept the stress response through powerful, confident body language. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence to watch your first video today.